Hello, you guys. <laughs> Hi. This is the first episode of the podcast. I'm really excited, really scared. There's a lot, there's just a lot of emotions going on here. I'm currently sitting in my backyard. So if you hear background noises, that's why. I'm roasting, like absolutely roasting in the sun. I am in my element. I have a grande ice latte with almond milk. I have my giant ice water. I have the sun and this beautiful backyard. I am just genuinely so at peace right now. And I thought, you know what? If I'm just laying out here, I might as well just get into my first really casual episode of my podcast because I've been putting it off for a while. And I'm genuinely one of those people that everything has to be perfect in order for me to produce it. Whenever I start a project, I put it off, put it off, put it off until I have absolutely everything figured out. And I was just kind of like, you know what? It's never, the first few episodes, it's never, even the podcast, like it's not going to be perfect. Just start. And I've had such a problem with that over the past year. I genuinely think that is such a downfall of like low key perfectionism traits coming through that maybe it's ADHD. I've honestly, I don't even want to, I don't want to say anything about myself or like diagnose myself with anything, but I've seen everywhere that a lot of times with, when it comes to perfectionism, you don't want to start a project until you have absolutely everything figured out. And it actually just means that you never get started on the project. I can't remember if that was for perfectionism or if it was just ADHD, but either way, here we are. I'm finally here and I'm ready more than ever to get started on this project. So you guys, I really wanted to take the time today to talk about something that's been weighing, I guess, heavily on my mind for quite some time now. I, uh, I graduated university about a year ago. (sighs) Yeah, that's like a really crazy statement for me to say, but I graduated university a year ago. Um, and I graduated with a psychology degree. And ever since then, I've been kind of trying to navigate the first steps of launching into adulthood. Um, I know everyone in my friend group, everyone in my circle pretty much is going through the same thing right now. And I feel like it's kind of like an unsaid thing that we're all going through, which is really difficult and it's really hard to maneuver and kind of navigate, but we're all doing it at the same time if that makes sense. And no one's talking about it. And I think no one's talking about it because everyone and including myself, like when I say everyone, I'm saying including myself likes to pretend as though they have it all together and not even pretend, you know, maybe for the most part, I would say that a lot of things have been going really, really well for the past year. Launching into what I hope to be my career has been going decently you know, navigating friendships, navigating relationships. But at the end of the day, it's a struggle. It's a struggle out here. Like we, we are struggling and I just think that it's not talked about enough. And I really wanted to start today's episode with discussing one specific topic that has been exceedingly difficult to maneuver. And that is friendships in your twenties after university. I don't even really know where to start with this topic, to be quite honest. Um, I just want to say at first that nothing has necessarily sparked this topic to come up for me. Um, 
I know that over the past year I've gone through quite the transformation in the sense of going through going through the most changes in such a short period of time and especially when it comes to friendships and that's something that I just wanted to talk about and kind of normalize how if you're listening to this I'm assuming that you had also been um, coming out of university or you've been graduated for a little bit now and maybe you'll be able to relate to me on this but coming from four years of your life where you spend in student housing where you spend living with your best friends maybe you lived with a boyfriend but you were really close with people in your university or maybe you weren't but you had a group of people at university and all of this freedom etc I think we all knew that it was going to be an extreme change and we were going to lose a little bit of freedom or like you're just kind of in a transitional stage where like maybe you haven't moved out yet and you kind of go through a bit of like a mourning period at least I did I went through a mourning period of university because I was like I'm no longer living with my best friends anymore there's so much and I just feel like it's one of those things that like if you've gone through it you you know you understand um, how jarring it is to come back to your hometown after being away for four years in university and it was almost so simple when you're away from home you're kind of thrown into the deep end like you kind of have to fend for yourself and you either sink or swim and you and naturally you gravitate towards like-minded people you find your friends and within the first few years of university I feel like typically you find your way you find your friends you find your group you move in with them and everything's kind of you know streamlined then on but then you come back home and you're kind of navigating the fact that like maybe you don't live as close to your university friends as you'd hoped or maybe the dynamic has changed or now real life is getting in the way and you're dealing with all these different factors of then launching into your career and friendships start to become this really difficult and not as streamlined experience and I think for a lot of people that's a very again just a jarring experience and this kind of this podcast you know is is not necessarily gonna be tips in terms of like how to make friends in your 20s okay that I haven't mastered, I haven't figured it out. But one thing that I will say is that something that's come in incredibly handy during this time, during this year, has been really emphasizing how important it is to be totally fine on your on your own before you introduce any kind of relationship into your life. And I mean that in the sense of like, as we're going through these incredibly transitional times, making sure that you kind of like lean in to how discomforting it is discomforting to how uncomfortable it is instead of leaning towards things that just make it feel better I don't know if that makes sense like I know that when I graduated university I went through a horrid period of time and I've had several since then I'm not I'm not even saying that I'm completely I'm not even saying that I'm at a place where I'm totally totally happy or that like I haven't had this feeling again since I graduated university. It ebbs and flows, you know? But when I first came home, I was like, wow, I feel so lonely. I feel like I don't know who I am anymore. I was literally having a bit of an existential crisis, to be quite honest with you. I started thinking about, you know, not really thinking day to day. I started thinking like way too far into the future. I was kind of like trying to figure out, kind of similar to this podcast, I was kind of trying to figure out everything all at once. And that was one of the worst approaches I could have ever done. Um, one thing that I did that I really, really just think 
is a pretty common experience is distraction. When I came back from university, I felt like incredibly lonely because all of my friends personally for myself lived far away from university. And it took a little bit of um, like an adjustment period to kind of lean back into my friends that I had uh, during high school or just like friends that I had from home. Um, because personally, like I'd been away for four years and barely came home. And when I did, I didn't really get to see friends that often. And so kind of like maneuvering my way back into a friend group here was definitely a transitional here as in like here in Toronto in my hometown was a bit of a transitional period. But one thing that I did that I really regret is that I leaned into distraction. I, at the time, was focusing more on a relationship that wasn't fulfilling me. And that was quite honestly damaging me in order to avoid the fact that I was just really, really, really sad about feeling like a loss of identity. And sometimes we do this. It's, it's a part of human nature. We kind of lean into things that are not always serving us. And sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it takes getting through it to look back at it and be like, wow, whatever I was doing was really not serving me. But at the time, I was seeing someone that completely didn't align with my values. And I called it a relationship, but it, it wasn't a relationship, to be quite honest. It was... Um, Oh God, I hate to use the word. It was a situationship and I just used it as such a distraction to the fact that I was so petrified of leaving that version of me behind. And it made me obviously feel less lonely. And that's like a very, it's a difficult thing because I knew that the relationship wasn't helping me and I knew it was a distraction. And when I got out of it and I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, that was really detrimental to my well-being. And when I say to like avoid distraction, I just mean avoiding things that just temporarily make you feel better. Loneliness is not an amazing feeling. And obviously we know that, you know how uncomfortable it is and it, and it feels never ending, I feel like at points. But I really had to change the way that I thought about loneliness after university and reshape the mindset completely. Because at the time I had this scarcity mindset. I was like, I have no friends, which wasn't true. I just had distance between myself and my very close university friends. And I also did have friends at home. But of course, when you're in a scarcity mindset, you think I have nothing. This isn't meeting my needs the way that it was for the past four years, or it's not at its best. So of course it's the worst. It's very like black and white thinking. And the scarcity mindset makes you think that you have a loss of something. And I was really, really leaning into that in my own thoughts. And the problem with the scarcity mindset is that it does exactly the opposite of what you want it to. It doesn't actually push you in the right direction of making the friendships or becoming less lonely. It actually pretty much leads you to stay in that feedback loop, that really negative feedback loop of that you have a major loss or like a gap or a void in your life. And of course at the time, again, I didn't notice that. 
it was almost like a little bit of a pity party all the time. I was like, I'm so sad. I graduated university. I have no friends. I, I'm such a loner. Like, (laughs) and on top of that, I'm trying to, you know, get a job. Like it was almost like it was all coming at me all at once, you know? And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So I'm not just trying to like talk about my own personal experience. Like I hope that if you're listening to this, there maybe is an ounce of this that you can also relate to, but what really needed to happen and what I realized, you know, halfway through my summer after, after graduating was that the scarcity mindset was really not, was really not getting me to where I wanted to be. That was when, you know, I was using TikTok a lot and I kind of started seeing a lot of the that girl trend pop up. And I started seeing these girls using a gratitude journal. And I was like, at first, super skeptical of the fact that, you know, writing down three things that you're grateful for every single day would change anything. I was like, well, I'm not grateful for anything right now. So I had a very, very negative mindset. Um, (laughs) I'm like embarrassed looking back because it's just, it's just an uncomfortable time in my life, but I was very negative. And I was like, no chance that would help. And I kept saying that and I kept saying that, but then one day I was an indigo and I picked up a gratitude journal and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. And I woke up and I made a pact with myself that for every day of the summer, I would wake up and I would write down three things that made me really, really, really grateful. And some days it was incredibly hard. Like some days I would wake up and at the time, my job in the summer uh, after university was dog walking, um, which was super fun and obviously not my career, but I was having a lot of fun with it and I really wanted to be outside and I wanted to be active. And, you know, some days I would wake up and be like, I'm so glad that I'm employed when I have felt like I had little things to be grateful for, sorry, when I felt like I had little things to be grateful for, I started to realize more, more and more and more and more. It's almost like it was a domino effect. Like I started writing down every single morning that I was grateful for little things that, you know, were seemingly so mundane. I would wake up every day and be like, I'm so grateful for my coffee in the morning. And if you're listening to this and you haven't gratitude journaled in the past, you're probably like, Lucy, what is that? Like, (laughs) you're grateful for your coffee in the morning. Like, that's a very, I don't know, you're probably thinking like, oh, that's cute. But like, how did that help you in the grand scheme of things? You know, it helped me in the grand scheme of things because I stopped looking at my life as having big gaps. I stopped looking at people to fill those voids. I started literally going outside of myself and looking, not even going outside of myself. I started going kind of inwards and seeing what I already had so much of. And it made me realize that every single day I was just getting happier and happier. And I just felt more fulfilled. Happier is kind of way too general of a word. It was more so just like fulfillment. I'd be walking to work and I would just be like, I am so so thankful that the weather is beautiful today for me to walk the dogs. I am so thankful that I have a job that provides me with money so that I'm able to go pay for my gym membership. And I'm so thankful that I'm able-bodied and I'm able to go to the gym and move my body and show myself respect and show myself respect. Sorry. I mean, show myself body autonomy and make choices. And it kind of just like, it was a domino effect. It truly was. And slowly but surely, the scarcity mindset kind of went away. (laughs) It started to be more of like an abundance mindset of like, I have so much to be incredibly thankful for. 
And right now in this period of my life, I'm having a bit of tension in my personal life with, with my friendships. But here are the 700 other things that I am so grateful for. And those are filling the void as opposed to filling it with relationships or distractions or, and again, this all sounds so inherently like, what's the word? Voodoo-y or like, you know, something that your mom tells you to do, but you're kind of like, okay, shut up. Like, seriously, that's what you're telling me to do right now. But I challenge you that if you're going through a really difficult time, no matter what it is, to to really wake up every day and intentionally write down things that you're grateful for. That's another thing. So the first one was avoiding distraction. And I guess the second thing that I would say, as I literally just said that this podcast wouldn't be tips, I'm like getting into tips, but these are just things that helped me kind of curb the sense of loss. And the second thing would be to practice gratitude. But one of the third things that I'll mention in terms of navigating friendships in your 20s, oh my God, there's a motorcycle, sorry. One of the third things that I'll mention about navigating friendships in your 20s is really paying attention to once you do have friends and you do have a circle and you are welcoming people into your life, whether it's a relationship, platonic or romantic, just keeping in mind that the relationships that you have with other people are a complete reflection of the ones that you have with yourself. You set the tone for what you expect. You set the tone for the kind of treatment and the expectations. And I don't want that to sound incredibly harsh or like you're always putting people under, you know, a magnifying glass or like you're critiquing people in your head or you're keeping score. It's not really, that's not really what I mean at all. I mean, being able to tell when someone is being an antagonist in your life. I mean, when you consistently feel like you're being put down by someone or like your self-esteem is suffering by being around someone and you can't really put your finger on why, you kind of have to trust your gut as to why hanging out with that specific person just doesn't make you feel good. And Again, I think this really plays into loneliness because it's so much better to just be so fine on your own as opposed to having friends or people in your circle that are putting you down and really not helping you get to a place that you want to be with yourself, you know? And again, I I said I didn't want to get into tips, but a way that I really navigate this with myself is that I have expectations in terms of friendships and relationships, people that are close to me in my life. And it took a while, kind of in my quote-unquote healing phase. (laughs) I'm like rolling my eyes at myself. But it took a little bit to, you know, when I was really on my own, I started thinking, instead of thinking of the scarcity mindset, I'm going to start writing down ways that I hope that people are able to show up for me. And it was almost like a little bit of like a manifestation, kind of. So in my notes app, as cringy as this is, I literally wrote down word for word what I want in a friendship, what I want in a relationship. And I was like making a pact with myself essentially to not accept anything less than that from anyone. And it's so important because in a way it also kept me on point in terms of myself showing up for my friendships and showing up for people in my life. Because if I have those expectations of other people, I also try to implement them in my own relationships. 
But again, back to what I was saying before, noticing, noticing how you feel and being very, very intentional with your friendships. It's really difficult, but, and I'm not saying cut everyone off, you know, people are always against you, blah, blah, blah. But if you do just have that one friend who, I feel like we've all been there. You know, they don't, they aren't outwardly rude. They're not outwardly mean to you, maybe. Like, maybe they're not saying, like, your outfit's ugly or what you just posted on Instagram is cringe. Like, maybe they're not saying things like that. But they say little backhanded compliments. Or maybe you've just noticed that a really close girlfriend to you is someone who never compliments you or never finds ways to kind of bring you up with her. And maybe little by little you start to notice that there's been sorry specific situations where you've just been the supporting role in her life you know that's not to say that like you have to be the the <laughs> that's not to say that you have to be like the what's it called the main focus of your best friend's life or something like that but like you've just started to notice that you're playing a supporting role in their story maybe it's that or, you know, when you're with a group of people, you're suddenly starting to be the butt of every joke. And maybe you started to just realize little tiny put downs, like every once in a while that just kind of slowly chip away at your confidence. That is someone who is an antagonist in your life. And as we navigate these friendships in our 20s, I feel like, you know, maybe it was harder to recognize in university when we had so many other things going on. But it really starts to be so glaringly obvious as soon as you start to be, you know, more grateful for things in your life, or maybe you start working on yourself, or maybe you start the healing process and you start really, you know, coming back to who you are, you start to realize that there's people in your life that maybe have been there for quite some time who have been trying to chip away at your confidence and your self-worth. And maybe they didn't even know it. But just because they didn't know that they were doing it or you don't think that they're doing it in mal with malicious intent, like slowly but surely those, those comments add up and it will start to affect how you think and perceive yourself. So I'm not saying to sit here and, you know, cut people out of your life or make everyone else the bad guy in your story, you know, but really just being real with yourself and taking a look at your current friend group and saying, are these people supporting the version of myself that I want to become? And if not, what can I do to change that? Is it something that can be addressed, which is a totally other topic because how do you like, how do you even go about addressing that with someone? At the end of the day, you need to make the decisions that aid the kind of person that you are trying to become. Your circle is a direct reflection, and I said this before, and I will say it again, of what's going on inside. It's a direct reflection. If you are at a place with yourself where you're not respecting yourself, and maybe you're not sticking to the promises that you've made to yourself, or maybe you're surrounded by people that do things that just don't align with who you are, it's more likely that you fall down to their level as opposed to you know, exceed the group that you're around. Does that make sense? I, I really hope it does because in my mind that makes sense, but, and it's really, really difficult. Like that's one thing I'll say is that I feel like this has been kind of a heavy episode and it's already 24 minutes long and 
you know, before cutting and editing, but I hope that this kind of helps or maybe, you know, it's made you have some food for thought because truly at the end of the day, we need to evaluate the relationships that we keep close to us, especially in such a transitional time, like especially when you're launching into your career and you're really at a very vulnerable time in your life evaluate the friendships in your life and see who really is in your corner because that is genuinely one of the most important things about launching. And if you take a look around and you realize, okay, maybe right now I'm not where I want to be with my friendships or, you know, I definitely have a few antagonists in my life who I could definitely use some space from. Take the time to lean into the, sorry, lean into the discomfort of being alone and just see how it feels to be so grateful with being on your own. Find things that make you feel so fulfilled on your own. And I promise you that those friendships will happen naturally. Anyways, we're getting to the end of the episode. And I think I just want to thank you guys for taking a listen to my first episode. This was really fun to record. And I really hope I see you in the next one. And yeah, have a great day. Bye, guys.